0: on today's episode of the wave podcast we have it's officially playoff time for the ravens the nfl divisional round is set the wild card round is in the past and the ravens will be hosting the houston texans in the divisional round josh and i get into it we are talking all things raven we're locking in it's officially time to get ready the bank needs to be popping on saturday for the game But before diving into the Ravens talk, we have to clean up some other stuff from around the league. Bill Belichick is out of New England after a parting of ways, and they will be hiring Gerard Mayo as their next head coach. Nick Saban has also retired from Alabama. We're talking about that and what's next for Alabama and the Tide with Kalen DeBoer coming into town. We're recapping the NFL Super Wild Card round, and then we're talking Ravens. Mark Andrews is back, designated to return from IR. Devin Duvernay is back. Dalvin Cook is going to be up for this game. Taking a look at everything for the Ravens ahead of the matchup with the Texans, what they need to do in order to win, and ultimately why they have no excuse to lose this game. We're breaking down everything. It's officially playoff time. Officially time to lock in for Ravens fans. So without further ado, here we go. Episode 88. I can't lie. I'm into you. I I can drop my eye hold me I can't
1: lie. I'm into you. I I can me mm-hmm.
0: Welcome back to the Wave Podcast. Today is Thursday, January 18th, 2024. Josh, I know last week was officially playoff week, but now for us, the playoffs are officially underway. We are officially in the postseason. Um, It's been the theme around Baltimore all week. It's time to lock in, baby. How you doing?
1: I am so locked in. It's ridiculous. Every waking thought that I've had ever since we found out who we were matched up against Monday uh, has been, all right. How are we gonna beat the Texans? I I've thought about this game a lot. I am locked in. I've canceled most of my plans for Saturday. Um, this game is the only thing that I'm focused on this week, and I am stoked for it. I'm excited. Playoff football is back in Baltimore. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's bring the intensity. I'm ready for it.
0: Hell yeah, man! Um, the crazy stat that I heard today, I think I actually uh, I th- I think I saw it on Jack Settleman's Twitter account. Um, the Ravens have played in four afc championships but have never hosted one yep um and obviously we've had a lot of really good teams and the reason i bring that up is because i feel like sometimes with the ravens like we're just accustomed to postseason football and we're very blessed in that regard um but what i want to say is that i feel like we take it for granted sometimes um and not that i'm saying we should be looking ahead to hosting the afc championship that's absolutely not what i'm saying Um, because I'm like you, I'm, I'm completely tapped into this week, this, the Texans this week, it's not going to be a a walk in the park. They're a very good team and we'll get into it with our, our weekly preview. Um, but the Ravens have never hosted an AFC championship. And on top of that, this is only the third home playoff game that the Ravens have hosted in the last decade. Yep. So there's a lot at stake here. Um, this, this game is definitely going to be carrying a lot of weight around the city. Um, and all that to say, man, I'm, I'm with you. I am completely tailoring my entire weekend around this game. We were just talking before we, uh, jumped on air here. The week is dragging on and, and I feel like it's going to take forever until we get to Saturday afternoon.
1: Yep. Um,
0: I, I, am ready for it. I need it to be here. Um, I, am sure, you know, I, I got, a, I got a couple of little things I got to get in the lab for the next couple of days, you know, lock into the gym, get my, get my pregame workouts in and be ready to go from there. But. As far as I'm concerned, man, it's go time. I'm so ready to go for this weekend.
1: Same here, same here.
0: And I just thought about those like those like
1: stats you pointed out. Can you name in the last decade or so the three games that we've hosted at home in the playoffs?
0: So the most recent one was 2019 against the Titans. Yep. Um I I would assume going it goes back to the Super Bowl year, right? Like it goes back to the game we we beat the Colts. Yep. The year we won the Super Bowl. And then the year before that, we played the Texans at home in the playoffs. You got it. Like, you got it. it. It's crazy to think about because we've made the playoffs more than just those three years, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, man, 10 years. And we've only, this is our third playoff game that we're going to be hosting in Baltimore. It's crazy to think about. Do you name the four AFC championship teams that we faced? So I know the year that we won was New England. Uh, I want to say Joe's rookie year, we played Pittsburgh.
1: Um, I don't think we saw New England in a. in Did we? We okay. haven't. That Evans. was the AFC Championship. That was the AFC Championship. That would have sent us to the Super Bowl. For
0: whatever reason, I, I think I must have suppressed that in my memory. You should have, but I thought for whatever the reason AFC that was going to be the divisional round. Damn. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Um, And then was the fourth one the Mark Sanchez Jets?
1: No, we never played the Jets in the playoffs. Um, we played the Steelers, okay. I think, one of those years, and I think we played probably the Colts, another one of those years. The year before is okay. actually 2000 when we won the Super Bowl versus the Raiders in the Black Hole in Oakland. When oh, Sharp had that, okay. had, we were too young to really remember this, so this is like you yeah. to remember history at this point, but that was when Shannon Sharp had like a 98 92 yard just slant route, he took the oh, there. yes, oh, yeah, we yeah. won. That's it, it's over, so <laughs> yeah. Um uh, I'm not looking ahead at all. I know I'm more worried about this home. Having this game at home, Divisional games is really nerve wracking for me because I know what the team does after by the playoffs. Like I don't forget history very often. I know how we just tend to like piss the bed a little bit when we have a home playoff game in the divisional round. I don't think that's going to happen this time, but my brain can't not like think I, my brain can't not remember history. It was the Colts game in 06 when Peyton Manning literally didn't score a touchdown, and mm-hmm. we lost because they kicked five field goals, and we just couldn't score anything with one of the best teams we ever had. And then Who was it was the quarterback
0: the- of that team was that was Steve that Mick Bowler or was that McNair? It was McNair's McMahon. first year. Oh, that's right. Straight. That was the that was the thirteen and three year. Yep.
1: Yep. Um, yeah, that was that year. And then uh, we all know what happened with the Titans. We uh, we talk about the game at nauseum. I don't think we need to know. Like we need to. <laughs> really you know what happened so i'm locked in this year this year has to be different this year will be different i am confident in that um i think this team's better i think this mindset's better i think this is the most complete team we've seen in ever in ravens history i don't think that's too crazy to say i think this team's more complete than the super bowl teams i think this team's more complete than that 13 and 3 team i think this team's more complete than that 14 and 2 team this is probably the best run Ravens team we've seen. We just have to put it all together and not make mistakes. But I'm sure we'll get to that a little bit later on. But I'm locked in and I'm ready to go.
0: Yeah, we will absolutely get into that shortly here. Uh the bulk of this episode, as I'm sure most of you guys are anticipating, will be our preview of the divisional round matchup versus Texans. Uh we do have some stuff to get uh just to address real quick before we get to that. Um but yeah, Josh, I'm with you. I'm locked in. Um honestly I don't hate the take of saying that this is the most complete team that the Ravens have ever had. I will say this. Obviously the Ravens have had legendary defenses outside of 2000. Obviously 2000 is the one everybody points to because they got the ring, but yeah, um, you know, the 06 defense Rex Rex Ryan has come out and said multiple times that he thinks that 06 defense was better than the 2000 defense.
1: I don't disagree with that. Honestly, when you really think about it you had Ed Reed and Ray in their prime, I don't think
0: was young. Uh, Bart Scott,
1: Bart Scott was mm-hmm. there. Um, Adelius Thomas was there. Like, Believe, believe Haloti Nada was young there. Haloti nada was young there. Yeah, that team, that team definitely was an amazing defense. And I think that run from mm-hmm. 2000, 2006, 2008, that defense was unstoppable. We just unfortunately didn't have a consistent quarterback to get us over the hump and keep mm-hmm. our offense checked.
0: So, yeah, yeah. that And that's, that's exactly the point that I was going to make. I, I don't know about defense as as far as this year's defense, how it matches up to some of the ones prior, but as far as our offense goes, I put this year's offense up with any of them. And that includes, that includes 2012 with Joe and Torrey and Jacoby and Anquan and Pitta and all those guys. Like, I think, I mean, this is, this is really the first year in Lamar's six years in the NFL that he has weapons. And obviously we've talked about this all year. This is nothing new, but I mean, Odell, everybody criticized that signing. I think he's been exactly what we've needed if not more than that. I think he's had a great year because He's done really what he's been brought here to do, at least to this point in the year. Obviously, mm-hmm. Zay Flowers is is a budding superstar. Mark Andrews is Mark Andrews. Isaiah Likely has stepped up over the last six or seven weeks. Like, I honestly do think that this offense is right up there with some of the best in Ravens history.
1: Shoot, let's show Nelson. Yeah, let Nelson Aguilar some love. He won a Super Bowl and has some experience. Yeah, man. Has been a great bet. The O line is much more produced since the last time Lamar took field in playoffs. Our interiors, like solid the edges have improved greatly um so yeah like there is no there's no excuses
0: like we simply have no excuses Mm -hmm. we have no excuses and yeah you're absolutely right
1: gotta win so
0: yeah no no excuses gotta execute gotta win i couldn't have said it better myself um okay so like i said before we talked about ravens we got some other stuff to talk to we've been hitting at it for the last eight minutes here um the big bombshell that or at least bombshell to me in my opinion because i wasn't expecting it the big bombshell of news that came out uh, since the last time we jumped on here and recorded coaching carousel bill Bill Belichick is out in New England. Bill Belichick will not be returning in 2024 to coach the New England Patriots. Um, I certainly was not expecting it. We talked about it a little bit last week. It was kind of up in the air. There were rumors going around. There've been rumors really all season. Um, I have said for the last few years now, even before Tom left, really towards the end of Tom's tenure in New England, um, that Bill Belichick, the head coach, is not the issue. Bill Belichick, the GM, maybe there are some questions to be asked there. Um, I, if you go back, if you look at some of his recent draft history, right? The big one that everybody points to, I forget the year. I want to say it was 2020 or no, excuse me, 2019. Yeah. It was the same year that the Ravens drafted Hollywood because it was that draft class he drafted Nikhil Harry with the 32nd overall pick and AJ Brown DK Metcalf and Debo Samuel were like three of the next like 12 picks or something like that. Like, yeah. and new England is one of it. New England, honestly, a lot like Baltimore has always been, or at least in, in recent memory has been, you know, we're lacking receivers. We're lacking weapons. A couple of years ago, they went out and paid John Smith, a ton of money. They've paid Hunter Henry, a ton of money. Um, obviously this year they gave Juju Smith-Schuster a pretty sizable contract. Yeah. Um, so they've been trying to find a weapon to use there, regardless of who their quarterback has been. Uh, Nelson Aguilar is, has also been in that mix. He was a, he was a Patriot for a hot second there. Yep. Um, so I understand the criticism of Bill Belichick, the GM. However, Bill Belichick, the head, head coach, I just never understood the scrutiny. Um And maybe that's not the reason that they're making this move. Maybe it really is just a, Hey, you put in 26 great years here or however long 24 great years here, you've done a lot of great things, best coach of all time. Um, but it's just time to move on. It's time for us to get, you know, a new face and new voice in the building. And, you know, it's time for you to bring your, whatever, your greatness elsewhere. Maybe that's what it is. That's at least the vibe that I kind of got because it seemed like a very amicable parting of ways. Yep. Um, and it also felt like it was going to happen eventually. Um, I don't know if you heard this. It kind of took me a little bit by surprise. Um, Gerard Mayo, who will be the new head coach of the Patriots, had a succession clause in his contract that stated after next year, uh, the 2024-2025 season, Bill Belichick was going to be out and Gerard was going to be the head coach. Um, I've never heard of that in the NFL. I don't know that we've ever seen it. Maybe we have and I just don't remember. But... Um, really cool for Gerard Mayo. Like that's awesome that they believed in him that much. And they, you know, locked him up like that. Um, but that tells me like Bill was expecting to get Don Shula's record broken either this year or next year, or at least get closer than he is. I, th- I think I want to say he's like 10 games or 12 games away. That was two games um, away. Is I it? I could be wrong. Maybe it is. I
1: could be wrong. I could be wrong.
0: I'm not entirely sure, but I know he's, I know he's close and it's definitely attainable within like the next season or two. Um, so I'm thinking that maybe the thought process was like, hey, we'll we'll get at least close if he doesn't get it over, you know, up until 2024, 24 when we're deciding we're going to move on to Gerard Mayo. And this year obviously didn't go nearly as well as anybody expected up there. And they decided to pull the ripcord now. Um, I, I still maintain that Bill Belichick is the greatest head coach of all time. Um, you know, Don Shula. Whoever else is up there, Chuck Knoll, a lot of really good head coaches. Uh, I don't think anybody even comes close to Bill Belichick. I know everybody wants to talk about Tom Brady, and Tom Brady's the greatest of all time, you know, seven Super Bowls, the Patriot Waves, the Tom Way, whatever. Like, I said it last week, and I'm going to continue to say it. Like, I think both of them were the greatest at what they did. And when you put great and great together, it makes historic. And that's what the New England dynasty has been over the last 24 years or however long it's been. Um obviously when Tom leaves yeah it's it's hard to replace him (laughs) but uh like like Bill went Bill went seven and nine with Cam Newton Bill won Max rookie year I think he won nine games went to the playoffs with Mac as a rookie and that team wasn't particularly like great on offense so like I, I still think Bill Belichick the head coach is Bill Belichick the head coach um you know, and it, it's just, you know, the GM decisions weren't necessarily the best all the time. And now he's looking for a new job. But all that to say, I was shocked. Couldn't believe it when I woke up and saw it on Thursday morning. Um, but Bill Belichick, no longer the coach of the uh, New England Patriots. Josh, how did you, what did you think about it? How did you feel when you saw Bill Belichick was out? I was kind of indifferent. I, I thought, it, I wasn't completely surprised.
1: Every time something like that, I was like, oh, wow, like it actually happened. There's a little bit of a shock. But the way that things are trending he wasn't going to leave like he wasn't going to be a coach and let someone come in and be a gm that just wasn't going to happen he was i mean you have control and you give a little uh, all the control where you give up a little bit of control just for you know to keep coaching i didn't see that happening i feel like it's more of a hey we are thankful for everything you did you're always welcome back here but if you want to go coach somewhere else go coach somewhere else you want to be something else in front office be something else in front office but we're going to go a different direction and i think bill will find a job wherever he wants to for sure find a job so wasn't too much of a shock to me um everything just got kind of gotten stale there you do need a new face and I think uh Gerard Mayo will be a good fit for the Patriots I think I know we talked about Mm -hmm. Brable last week but I think we always I think we even said like Gerard Mayo might be just be the guy um like I said the succession call is pretty interesting hopefully you know I wouldn't be surprised if more teams do that in the future I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens did it with you know a coordinator that's young with John Harbaugh being as old as he is probably won't be able to coach what probably won't be coaching forever so i don't know how how that will work out but uh yeah good for gerard mayo um good for the patriots they got their guy took pretty seamless transition um i bill belichick will land somewhere i don't really have a whole lot of that it wasn't really a shock to me just things gotten stale and you need to shake things up sometimes mm-hmm. to go stay like that
0: yeah I, I the only reason it was a shock to me really was because i figured that they would be like yeah We'll we'll let Bill stay as long as he needs to, you know, to get the record, whether it's retirement, whether it's he gets the record and then he wants to go prove he can win 10 games a year somewhere else, whatever it was. I just figured they were going to be like, hey, we'll let we'll let Bill has done enough for the organization. We will let him stay as long as he wants to stay. Um, But, you know, on the other side, like I'm super pumped for Gerard Mayo, like listening to former players that played with him talk about the kind of guy he is and the kind of leader he is like got me fired up you know, just like as a football fan in general, you know, everybody talking about how, how good of a guy in the locker room he is, how smart he is when it comes to his football IQ. Um, JJ Watt was talking about him, I think talking about like, you know, how intense and fiery and how good of a leader, like, and JJ never even played with him obviously, but right. Like, uh, I forget who I was listening to, but somebody was talking about Gerard Mayo's rookie year when he won rookie of the year in the NFL. And he had something like over a hundred tackles as a rookie, as an inside linebacker, like, I completely forgot how how much of a weapon this guy, this guy was, but um, yeah, sounds like they got a good one up there. Um, I'm interested now to see where guys like Vrabel end up. We talked about Vrabel a little bit last week. Um, I, if I'm just gonna put my you know prediction hat on, uh, I would look for kind of the similar market for Bill and Vrabel to be in. Um, obviously, you know. Vrabel is not anywhere close to bill yet as far as a head coach i do think Vrabel is a very good head coach we talked about that a little bit last week but um as far as what they're looking for obviously Vrabel is a defensive guy so i could see him looking for a team with a really good defense or at least a good structure of a defense um and a promising offense um i uh, i think when some teams come to mind i think the chargers obviously with a vacancy the chargers while they have a good defense. They have some guys who are, you know, coming up on contract years. Joey Bosa, uh, Khalil Mack, Derwin James, Kenneth Murray, or excuse me. Yeah, Kenneth Murray. Uh, like, they have good players on defense. They Now they're going to have to have, you know, the cap conversations and the, you know, all that stuff coming up. But they just re-signed Justin Herbert, or extended him, rather, last offseason. So I could see the Chargers being a potential landing spot for both of those guys. Yeah. Um, also, I I don't know why, but Washington already came out and said that they're not going to be pursuing Belichick. Yeah, makes no sense to me. That one, Ugh. that one felt like a slam dunk for Washington, like decent defense, good players. You have the number, th- number two pick in the NFL draft this year. Yeah. So Bill could basically get anybody he wanted, presumably a quarterback um and also bill is literally from annapolis like he yeah. loves the naval academy it's close to where he grew up so i figured that was like i i honestly thought it was gonna be slam dunk so for them to not to come out and say that they're not gonna be pursuing him i thought was really weird um now who knows maybe they go out and get variable i don't know um atlanta is obviously somewhere that's rumored for bill belichick i kind of find that a little weird He's got, obviously, the toys on offense, right? The the Drake London's, Bijan Robinson's, Kyle Pitts. They're lacking a quarterback, um, and they're not drafting particularly high. I think they have the eighth pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe that's where Bill wants to go. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I, there are a lot of vacancies. Seattle is another vacancy, which we didn't talk about that last week. Pete Carroll being out of there surprised yeah. the hell out of me. It did to me too, but again, it kind of gone stale. They didn't really know what they were going to do
1: with quarterback. But I thought he could have coached forever. I was shocked to see him step down. See, and me too. A front office position. Um, and I wanted to, I wanted to, get to kind of talk about the Rabel thing a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I know I said last week I don't love Rabel, the head coach. Like, I, well, let me put it this way: I'm not a fan of Rabel just because he coached the Titans. I thought his personality clashed yeah. with ours, whatever. But Mike Rabel's is <laughs> like, I don't want to like. He's not a very good, like he's a very good coach, a very, very good coach. Honestly, even seems to be a better person than he is a coach. I heard some of the stories that came out about him and all the work he did in Nashville, how nice he was and how kind he was, how he treated other dudes with respect. Mike Rabel also did a lot of things that were like you don't really see a whole lot of coaches do as far as giving opportunities to a lot of different people. I know a lot of women Mm -hmm. were employed in his staff if I remember correctly, there at Titans, which is awesome to see. And that people like he helped people break the mold. He let one of his assistant coaches coach a preseason game, like an African-American dude to coach a preseason game, just so he can get head coaching experience, to look better on resumes. And he is a very, very good coach, and he deserves to get a job. To, I'm sorry, so he's not hired already. Um, Me too. I think it'll be interesting with him in the Chargers. I just don't know how good of a culture fit that is, unless he just comes in and just overhauls the whole culture for L.A., That'd be a I mean, he has a quarterback. He probably has the best quarterback he's ever had on a roster, other than Malik Willis, Liberty Flames graduate. Um, shameless plug right there. But um, <laughs> he, uh, I mean, he'll have the best quarterback that he ever had on a roster if he goes to LA, and I think he would have a like a longer leash there. I think. I agree. I think him in Washington would be a great fit, just because mm-hmm. like, and I think this is here's another thing tied to the Belichick thing. I don't think Washington's going after Belichick because that seems like it would be a former ownership hire to get like a a, a coach okay. that's been like kind of an established coach that's kind of in a new system. And just be like, all right, give him the keys. I think what this new Washington ownership, a new Washington franchise wants to do is that they want to just gut everything that the old Washington had and just make it all new. So they're trying to make more smarter and more calculated decisions and maybe even go after some of the younger you know coordinators like they like you've seen other teams do with their pass coordinators, like the Liffler's or the McVeigh's or the uh, McDonald's or whatever. So, or McDaniel's, I, I yep. don't know, whichever one of the mix. Too, um, too many mix. <laughs> yeah, too many mix. Um, yeah. So I think that's what the direction they're going to go with. Atlanta's interesting. Atlanta kind of comes to the situation with Redskins where I don't know what they're going to do, but whatever they seem to do, never really seems to work it, it super well. Right. Um, It'll be interesting, and I don't know what Seattle's going to do. Whether they're going to go the uh, college route or bring in, like you know, um, bring in someone, you know, from the Dan, NFL.
0: Dan Quinn has been a name that a lot of people float out because he was there, obviously, with the Legion of Boom as yeah. the DC when they won the Super Bowls. Um, although, not a bad coach. No, he's not. He's not. And uh, I feel like the whole the Atlanta thing was what it was. Um, yeah, but. I, I feel like if you, if you put him back in Seattle with, you know, comfortable environment, obviously he knows the ownership. He knew, I believe, I believe John Schneider was the GM when he was the DC there. I might be wrong on that, but you know, it's the place that he's proven that he can win. And if he can right. go back and institute the defense that he was running, or at least a, a variation of that defense, um, you, you, you know, you want to talk about a defense that has good bones. Devin Witherspoon was a stud this year as a rookie he played yep. very well to yep. Tariq woolen very good kobe bryant very good obviously they still have jamal adams on the back end they have some guys up front like
1: bobby wagner's still there they, I think.
0: bobby wagner's still there like they have they have some guys so whether it's dan quinn or not i think seattle is all of a sudden a very very uh desired coaching destination for all these yeah. free agent head coaches um yeah, but yeah, Atlanta. Atlanta will be an interesting one. I feel like Atlanta is the most interesting to me from just like an objective third party viewer because they're casting a wide net. It feels like um, they announced today they interviewed Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Um. They 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 interviewed uh, Bill Belichick already. They've obviously put in for a number of uh, coordinators like Mike McDonald and Bobby Slowick. I want to say they interviewed like they've yeah. Interviewed, they're they're kind of just leave not leaving any stone unturned. Um which I think is the, probably the right way to go about a coaching hiring process but yeah yeah I th- I think that one's just an interesting one to me but anyway yeah that was uh that was our coaching talk it's just very weird oh. a very oh oh yes you got one more We thank- got one thank more thank you for reminding me thank you for oh. reminding me before we move away from coaching talk um not in the NFL Nick Saban last week announced that he will be retiring from head coaching uh not returning to Alabama um the fact that this and Belichick happened one day apart from one another, just yeah. kind of seemed poetic, obviously, because they're friends and whatnot. Yeah. Um. But I look at, I look at Sabin the same way. I look at Belichick, the greatest to ever do it. Yes. He's had a ton of great talent, but you know, you still have to be the guy to drive the boat and Nick Saban was the best and will be forever the best. Yeah. Um, Coach Saban, if you're listening to this, which I'm sure you are, congratulations on a fantastic career and all your rings and all your success. Um, I, I'm I'm honestly, I'm very, obviously it didn't end for coach Saban the way probably he would have wanted it to. Um, but I still think ring or not, this was probably one of, if not his best coaching job at Alabama. Um, I think Jalen Miller is a good player, but he's certainly not the same caliber of a quarterback that Saban has had on previous teams. Right. And he took him to the semifinal and he took him into overtime and they had Michigan in the deep end, right? Just an unbelievable career from Nick Saban. And honestly, I'm a little upset, like with him gone with Pete Carroll gone with Belichick out of new England. Like, it feels like a part of my childhood is dead now. And like all these guys oh, yeah. that I've, I've grown up watching for 20 years are now just out from the game. Like I feel old. It, it's crazy how just this old yeah. is, is passing. Yeah. To the new one. Yeah, no, I definitely woke up felt a little bit older because of
1: all that going on. Um, the state is it, weird because I had different coaches in different, like, you know, stages of like, how I Like, like I did not like Bel- – I mean, obviously, I'm, I respected Belichick, but I don't like him because, you know, he was a Patriots yeah, guy. And I hated the Patriots growing up. He Carroll, I kind of like. I loved him at the USC. I was a USC fan growing up, so I liked him. And of Matt Leiter and Reggie was both teams, so they were just fun to watch. I could see him do his thing in Seattle. was insane. And, like, the Russ teams and their defense was insane. His run was just amazing. They actually do like Coach Saban. Like, I'm not an Alabama fan, but I just like Coach Saban just because of just his style and what he brought to college football. One of the best college football minds, it's not football minds we've ever seen, one of the best personalities we've ever seen. And he's kind of, even though he doesn't really show much of it, he still kind of showed enough to, like, you know, kind of give you enough just to be like, oh, wow, like, he's a really good coach. So that one was the one that shocked me the most. And was kind of like, man, it sucks to see him go. They were, he was an outstanding coach. His stats are wild. He was 7 mm-hmm. and 1 in SEC championship games, which is nuts. Yeah, he, that's crazy. <laughs> he had more first round draft picks than losses in his Alabama coaching career. Holy shit. He had more first round draft picks than losses in his Alabama coaching career. That is nuts. Oh. And like, he was at Alabama for how many years? He was at Alabama since 2009, eight, nine, 2008, 2008. Yeah, so when it came so about a years. Dawson. Yeah, 16 or so years, yeah.
0: Wow. So, yeah. Actually, no, 17. It was, I think it was 17. I, I remember seeing that number floated around last week. 17 years, six national
1: championships, and it was just... It, it's just nuts what he was able to do, and do it in so many different ways. And, like... Mm-hmm. The fact that he... Um, I heard a story when I was listening to part of my take today. Uh, it was one episode from last week with um, Andy Staples, I think okay. it was. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said... On his, like, Alabama radio show, like, the week before Johnny Manziel came to Texas he says, look, Johnny Manziel is a good player. This is what he does well. This is how he could beat us. Turns out he ends up happening. On that recruiting visit, he had linebackers come in and on a high school visit. I don't know who they were. I, I didn't hear any names. But they are about, you know, 225, 230-ish. And they're looking at the linebackers that they had on that team in 2011, I think it was. Yeah, 2011, where they're, like, 265, 245, bigger and stuff like that. And the high school recruits goes, like, oh, hey, I noticed that these guys are, like, bigger than us. Why are you, like, why is Saban, like, recruiting different body types? Like, do we need to woke up? Like, whatever. And it goes, no, you're just a new type of linebacker. So Saban's going to recruit so he can combat offenses like Johnny Manziel's. And he saw, like, the way that football was going with, like, the spreads and everything and, like, the wow. mobile quarterbacks and said, okay, I'm going to get ahead of this and recruit wider linebackers so they can fly around. Now you look in the league NFL, you see a whole bunch of like linebackers just flying around, skinny dudes, kind of like Patrick clean guys that are like, yeah, or undersized coming out of college and just fly around and can make tackles. So Saban saw that shift happen before it did, and that stuff like that is just like, it's amazing. I like when people in sports become more of a legend than an actual like figurehead, like. The reason I like Jordan so mm-hmm. much is because Jordan's like a myth. Like the stuff with Jordan seems like the stuff a folktale. Nick Saban's like that for coaches. The stuff he does is just kind of like folktales, and just all the coaches that come out of his like that go into his rehab program basically and come out better coaches after is insane. Mm-hmm. So shout out Nick Saban. I know I'm rambling a little bit. Shout out Nick Saban. Hi, Very good. thankful for everything he did for college football. Um, and we're gonna miss watching you on Saturdays. But good luck to you and Ms. Terry for whatever's next. Hopefully, we see you on ESPN analyzing and breaking down some games. That'd be sick.
0: Dude, I would love to see him as an analyst. That would be great. Could you imagine like I know he I know he wouldn't do it, but could you imagine him like joining the uh college game day table with with Corso and Herb Street and McAfee and Dez like
1: that Here's would be thing.
0: awesome. I don't think that's out I don't think that's out the realm of possibilities. He already no, has you a good relationship. So? He already
1: has a good relationship with Pat McAfee. He does stuff right, with ESPN right. a lot. Like I don't think that like a lot of people saying if Corso retires and you elevate Saban, I would not I love Corso Coso. I never really want to see him retire, but if he wants to retire I and, know. you know, live his life, then so be it. I'm not going to tell him, I'm not going to force, I'm not going to force Koso off on TV. I want, and I'm not going to like make him suffer. If he's like just straight up, not feeling it. So, yeah. Uh, but it's and I know, I mean,
0: Corso, Corso's old, like Corso's in his eighties. And I know he's had some health scares in recent years. So, so, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Corso has been doing this forever, man. Like he's, you know, he's, he's up there. So it's, you know, it's around the time where you'd expect somebody of his stature to, you know, retire and enjoy their life. But, you know, you talk about, you know, you want to say enjoying life. I truly do believe that this is like Corso's favorite thing ever. Like college game day has to be one of his favorite pieces of his career. And I believe it would, it would be really hard for him to give it up. That being said, obviously like, you know, he is 86, 87 years old. um, So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, over the next couple of years he does decide to hang it up. In which case, I think Saban would fit in perfectly to that table. Now, I agree. maybe he does want to chill out with Miss Terry a little bit, and you know the travel that game day has to do. Maybe that wouldn't be what he wants to partake in. But if it is, I'm not. I'm not pushing Corso off my TV either. I'm with you. I'm just saying. I feel like the you know the the average college game day enjoyer would certainly sure. welcome Nick Saban to that table.
1: I, I agree with that 100%. And, and when you think about the travel, it's really not that bad. Not everybody's doing the Herb Street. Oh, let me fly there, fly back, fly to another right. state, fly back. It's literally just Thursday Thursday, Friday, Thursday night, Friday morning, like fly into mm-hmm. town, do your little like media thing. Nick Saban studies film and studies players, so I'm sure he'll be well-prepared even in advance. Do your thing on Saturday, fly back to your house Saturday night, you're good to go. So I I wouldn't hate seeing it. I wouldn't hate seeing it at all, and like I said, I love Coach Saban, so I think that uh, it'd be good. It'd be a good fit. And uh, the Washington coach went to go to Alabama now. So yeah, De DeBoer. Kaylin DeBoer went to go to I think could not butchering his ink went to go to uh, Alabama, so that's
0: that's awesome for him. Yeah, yeah. there were uh, there were some other people that I thought they might have gone to first. One person in particular that you and I discussed over text uh, the last couple of days won't mention who it is. I feel like it it may be maybe uh, an obvious one. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, a, yeah, a, a yeah, former... yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. I, yeah. We're not going to talk um, about that. Yep. Yeah. We we won't talk about that, but, uh, I, he's in a good spot. For... He's in a good, yeah. like, would you really leave sure. where he's, would you, if you were
1: him, would you leave where he's at, where you've had success before to go with, take that pressure? conference
0: realignment? Frankly, no, I wouldn't even consider it with, and a twelve that... team playoff. No. no. Yeah. He's, he's I, yeah. I he's think, where I he's think at. that, I think he's I think he's all set. Um it's just, you know, I, I thought that would be where they went initially because he's always said like that's his one you know, yep, place that yep. he would want to go to. But uh I'm happy for coach DeBoer. Um I think him being able to have the success that he had in a very short amount of time. He was only at Washington for 2 years and dominated. Um I think him being able to do that having Alabama's resources and having the SEC behind him and being able to recruit in the southeast. Um I think it's only going to propel him and help his ability to to have success. So uh, I'm I'm interested to see how Alabama goes from here. Um, but yeah, shout out to Nick Saban. Shout out to to Miss Terry and all the success that those two have had down at University of Alabama. Um, wishing all the best for them in his retirement. And uh, yeah, I guess roll tide. I'm not a I'm not an Alabama fan, but true, for true. for Nick Saban, roll tide,
1: roll tide. Um, <laughs> I do want to give one more stat that I did think was funny or just crazy. How much okay. money Nick Saban bought into the state University of Alabama as just an institution, with out of state tuition growing when he became a coach, and I think Alabama cut spending again. This is according to Andy Andy Staples, just to give source credit to this, where I heard this from. Um, with them cutting state whenever to like funding to Alabama when he got there in like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and like all the money he brought in from just winning and out of state enrollment and stuff like that, the University of Alabama made twenty five roughly twenty five million more than what Nick Saban's getting paid a year. Since he took over like just with the winning and Jeez. people enrolled there and just growing the school and everything they made like 25 million dollars as a school just because Nick Saban was their head coach holy shit that's it's insane not, if not 25 million a year I could be butchering that but somewhere 25 million was definitely like in there somewhere. yeah no that so sounds right absolutely
0: insane how much money was brought in because they kept winning and Nick Saban was their head coach Dude, honestly, I believe it. I I believe twenty five million a year. I mean, the the ticket sales alone, all the revenue, um, the amount of people that like the admissions that probably went up because people wanted to be a part of the school. Yeah. Like, it, what he did yeah. there is nothing short of historic. And like I said, there will be nobody. You, you know, you talk about being like the legendary figures, like the Jordans and all. They're benchmarks. Like Nick Saban is, will literally always be the benchmark for any college coach for the rest of time. Yeah. You know, long long after he's gone long after you and I are gone like he will always be the guy that people are compared to right like he is the he is the the name on the mantle yeah so yeah what what he did will never be replicated um okay that was our coaching talk um i'm sure over the next couple of weeks we will have more to talk about. Uh, there have been a couple tidbits of news. Mike Tomlin announced that he's gonna be staying his 20 or in 2024. I don't know if that came from him or the Steelers. I'm assuming the Steelers. Um, I think everybody knows our stances on that. Tomlin is a Hall of Fame head coach, in my opinion. Yep. I think it would be foolish for them to get rid of him, but yep. you know, it, it it's the Steelers, and if they make that decision, I wouldn't hate it. Um <laughs> uh and the other one was Mike McCarthy. Um, I feel a little bit differently about that. Uh, we don't have to get into that right now. We can spend a little bit of time in the next couple of weeks discussing that. Um, let's talk about some actual football. Before we get into our Ravens talk, just real quick, we're going to run through the uh, wild card. Um, honestly, I was a little bit disappointed with the quality of the games. I was expecting yeah. a couple better games in some spots. The uh, The Rams-Lions game was phenomenal. Um, yeah. But really, every other game was a blowout. Yeah. Um, in the AFC, the first game of the weekend, uh, the Texans just absolutely manhandled the Cleveland Browns. Sad to see Joe out, Joe go out like that, but uh, you know, it is what it is. And uh, you know, th- thanks for doing us one more solid, Joe. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks fans. Joe. <laughs> appreciate that one.
1: Appreciate that. One. <laughs> um, hey, listen,
0: one thing about Joe, he will beat Cleveland. He will beat Cleveland. That's true. That's true. One Joe, Joe's been knocking Cleveland out of the playoffs for years. Um, So shout out to Joe. Chiefs beat the Dolphins on Saturday night, uh, twenty six to seven. That I feel like was just Miami not being ready for the weather. You said it last week. Um, pretty much it, the, the the Dolphins weren't ready to, to to handle the cold, and I mean that's what it came down to. Yeah. Um, Tua and man, the last game. Yeah, just I don't know what's up with Tua. Like I don't think he necessarily played all that bad. No. Um, I think they have a lot of stuff to figure out. They need to. They in the offseason, they need to get in the lab and they need to be like, hey, we have a really good run offense. Like, let's maybe run the ball a lot more than throwing it. You know, let's let's not throw it 40 times a game. Um, we have a really good running back behind you, and we have another running back who led the NFL in touchdowns from that position. So, like, maybe do that. Um, yeah. and, just, and just injuries paintball. also played a part in that too. But That's yeah, they, you're you're right. That like they they're they're a track team. And until they prove otherwise, like, that is what they will be. Tyreek Hill, in my opinion, is the best receiver in the NFL right now. Um, And I don't want to discredit what he's done this year. But, yeah, they're they're a track team. And they don't necessarily play hard-nosed football, which is what you need in January, Um, which is exactly why they got bounced. Uh, Last AFC matchup, uh, the Bills over the Steelers. I think everybody saw that coming, right? Yeah. Like, I I was telling people all week, the Steelers had no shot. Um, the only shot that they had was playing in a blizzard on Sunday. And when they when that game got postponed, the, the Steelers' chances to win that went out the window. Yep. And what's crazy is, like, for the majority of the first half, like, they were kind of in it. You know, Josh Allen really didn't put him away until the second half. Right, right. They but made a lot of mistakes May- and turnovers, too. Just yeah. Mason Rudolph yeah. was never going to be the quarterback that wins you a playoff game. He's just not. They have serious questions at that position, whether it's going to be Kenny, whether they're going to have to address it elsewhere in the offseason, I don't know. Um, but they definitely have a massive question mark at the quarterback position. Um, and then on the other side, in the NFC, uh, we mentioned the Rams-Lions game. That was a fantastic game. Uh, yeah. Lions hold out 24-23. Stafford's return, obviously that whole storyline. Um, honestly, I love the storyline. Normally I get tired of the whole media jargon when it comes to things like that, but I loved it. Um, yeah. And then after the game, like, I was just overwhelmingly happy for Jared Goff and all the shit yeah. that he, he had to go through leaving, leaving the Rams. Um, he he played lights out. Like, from yes. the first drive of the game, he was yes. on his shit. Um, and, like, I remember watching the first drive, and I texted Scoot, and I was like, yo, the Lions are going to win this game just because Jared Goff looked dialed in. Yep. So I was really happy for them. That was a really fun game to watch. Uh, the other two games were – not competitive at all. Packers beat the shit out of the Cowboys, um which was just objectively hilarious. <laughs> Jordan Love looked really good at that day. Jordan Love the, is for real. Yeah. I'm ready to yeah. say Jordan Love is that dude. Like the the, yeah. the Packers have another Hall of Fame quarterback in the making. He is he's good. Sensation. He's really good. He's going to be he's going to be a problem. Yeah. Um and then the Buccaneers just smacked the Eagles around on Monday night last game of the weekend. Yeah. The Eagles, man.
1: What I happened?
0: I changed I, dude, I don't know. Like I, I genuinely do feel bad for Eagles fans. Well, kind of, um, because I do a little bit, just, just a little bit, not a ton, but, um, no, like Jalen hurts is good. Yeah. And like, I know there's been a lot of talk about him. Jalen hurts is really good at football. Um, obviously AJ Brown didn't play, but like Devontae Smith is a stud, you know, like they have, they have good running backs. I feel like they're, they need to make a change at coordinator on both sides of the ball. Um, yeah. sounds, like, sounds like a lot of Philly fans don't love Brian Johnson and Sean Desai. Um, Matt Patricia really didn't do much down the stretch either to help that defense. Yeah. It's just it, like the, the book on Tampa Bay's defense was that they blitz a shit ton. And watching the entire game Monday night, I was like, yo, the Eagles have literally no plan to stop the blitz. So like, I, I, I hope it's just a coordinator thing. Like I know a lot of people clown him, but I actually think Nick Sirianni's a really good head coach. Yeah. Um People are talking about firing him. I think that's no, kind of thing. Officially staying. Oh, he is. Okay. Yep. I, so I think that's the right move too. I think firing him would have been foolish, but anyway, yeah. At Eagles fans, I'm sure you guys will get it figured out. Uh, You know, Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie, like they're, they're good execs and owners and whatnot. You got, you got a good, uh, upstairs in that building um but you know we'll see it's it's hard to sustain success in the nfl and uh you know the eagles had a taste of it hopefully they get back to it for their sake but you never know when it comes to the nfl um so looking ahead after the wild card game obviously you know the ravens have the texans coming into town the other matchups are also set packers are going to san francisco on saturday night the bucks will be traveling to detroit And to round out the weekend on Sunday night, the Chiefs will be hosting the Bills. We will get Allen versus Mahomes, the last, well, I'm not going to say last, the third fight so far in the trilogy as it's being pitched. Um, I'm really excited for that game. Obviously, I'm I'm locked into our game, but I think that one's going to be a really good one too.
1: I haven't thought about anything else other than other games other than the Ravens. (laughs) I have been so locked into this game. This is the only one that matters to me. So All right. Well, I can hey. give. It, I, can, I can give split opinions real quick. Um, Niners are good. Packers are explosive, but the Niners actually want to play good football. They can win that game. I wouldn't be too surprised and to upset if Jordan Love goes nuclear again. Um, I just think the Niners are a better team. Chiefs over Bills. I just, I, I, I don't trust Josh Allen right now. I just, Josh. Wow. Let me let me put it this way: If you're asking me who's going to be more consistent, who I bet my mortgage on, is it Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? it's going to him home. he's just played more consistently. I think
0: that that's fair. That's fair. Josh
1: Allen, whom I love and was a fan of since college, um, can do some really head scratching. What are we doing type situations? I think mm-hmm. one or two, many of the one or two, too many of those can kill him on Sunday. Uh, and I don't think the Chiefs teams is amazing, but they are still the chiefs and they are still the bills. And I know how this story works. I've seen the story before,
0: Look, uh, regardless of who's, on that field next to him, as long as, as long as kc has got one, five under center, I will never count them out. Right. So I feel you there. Um, and I, honestly, like from an objective football fan standpoint, uh, I hope it comes down to a slugfest between the quarterbacks because they're two of the best quarterbacks in the game right now, just yeah. you know, flat out. So, uh, yeah, I I'm, I'm glad you're, you're, you know, you have tunnel vision on the task at hand here. Um, I'm trying to, but you know, I'm just—I love football, and I'm gonna. That's just—that's just how I am. I'm always gonna be looking for games to watch and and stuff like that.
1: But, yeah. No, I I love football too. But
0: if this shit goes south Sunday, Saturday, I'm not gonna like football. No, I'm I'm 100% with you there. I may never watch again. Uh, with that being <laughs> said, <laughs> with that being said, let's finally get to it. The Ravens are back this weekend, playing meaningful football. The playoffs are on. The divisional round is set. The Ravens will be hosting the Texans. The Ravens are a nine-and-a-half-point favorite over under a set of 43-and-a-half. The headlines coming into this game. Obviously, we know about the Ravens. We know what's going on with them. CJ Stroud, rookie quarterback. D'Amico Ryans, rookie head coach. Won the division in their rookie year. I don't remember the last time that a rookie head coach and quarterback has done that. Uh,
1: give, me, give me a couple seconds. I can get it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't remember the last time it was done, but those two are really good at what they do. Mark Sanchez um, with the jet. Nope. Nope. Did they
1: nope. win the division? No, they didn't win the division. Did they?
0: Uh, did they not?
1: They did it. They were, they were wild card
0: team. They made it to the AFC championship. So that's, okay, the, that's what it that's was that I had. Yep. Um, they're really good. Um, Nico Collins has proven to be a bonafide weapon. CJ Stroud is maybe a top five quarterback in the league right now. They have a ton of momentum coming into this game. Um, they're, they're just a really good football team. On the other side, like I said, we know what's going on with the Ravens. Big piece of news. uh, I believe it came out last Thursday or Friday. Mark Andrews is back at practice. Mark Andrews is returning from the IR. He's designated to return. A lot of people seem to think he's going to be out there this weekend. I wouldn't be surprised. He was a full participant in practice today. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if they don't want to rush him out and they don't want to put him out there and force him to play at 60 70%. I hate to keep going back to 2019, but if you remember, Mark Andrews was injured coming into that game. He had an ankle thing that he was dealing with. Yeah. So just take with that what you will. Um, other than that, I feel like we 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 know what's going on with these teams, right? Like Devin Duvernay was also designated to return. A lot of people seem to think he's going to play as well. But for the most part, both of these teams are rolling out what they got. Stroud, D'Amico Ryan's, those guys played a really good game against uh, Cleveland last weekend, took what Cleveland gave them. Obviously, Joe had the two pick sixes. Um, and then on our side, we're coming in. A lot of these guys haven't played football in three weeks. The rest versus Russ conversation, have that at, at your own will. Um, needless to say, the Ravens have been here before, and it feels like the mentality is a little bit different. Feels like a lot of these guys in the locker room, especially those who were here, Back in 2019, of whom there's a lot, um, they know what time it is and they know what's at hand. They know that, like you said at the beginning of the episode, Josh, there are no excuses to be made. Um, you have to go in, you have to execute, you have to do your job. And obviously, it's the playoffs. It's the NFL. The ball can bounce bounce any which way on any given Sunday. But flat out, this is a game that if the Ravens want to be taken seriously as an organization for years to come, this is a game that they have to win. Flat yeah. out, you have no. If you show up flat if you fuck around and turn the ball over, if you just do not come out and play with the same energy that you've played with all year, more specifically for the last two months, you're always going to be looked at as the team that has great regular seasons and then chokes in the playoffs. Yeah. So like you said at the beginning, there are no excuses for this game. This is an absolute must win game, not obviously just for the playoff sake, but for the Ravens as an organization.
1: Yeah, I agree. I couldn't say it any better. You cannot mess around this game. You can't pussyfoot into this game. You have to go in guns a-blazing and being tough. That's just, that's just a fact. It's the playoffs. Every little thing matters. This is why I was so neurotic early on in the season. We were fumbling balls, having misreads, mm-hmm. miscommunications. It all led up to things like this and going forward. I said it like back then. Hey, you can have those mistakes against the Colts, but once we get to now, yep. tighten it up. You can have those mistakes against the Steelers, but once you get to now, tighten it up they have done that. So credit to them. The mistakes for the most part, haven't like gone away. Like they have gone away. They haven't like bitten us in the butt so far. So I think we're in good shape now. I want to give, I as much as I want to be neurotic and be like, we need to be better. We need to actually do all this stuff. I'm going to do my best not to do that right now. I'm going to talk to the fans a little bit more so less than like whatever the team, there are going to be times. I I know where you're going with this. So, so yeah, please. There are Baltimore. I love you. You're my favorite fan base in the world. I love being a part of you. There are times where there is a lot of nervous energy that goes to a crowd with Ravens Stadiums. We think, oh, typical Ravens are going to do this. Like, there are going to be times where things aren't going to look great this game. That's okay. We're Baltimore. Things have never looked amazing for us. Like, don't let the nervous energy get to you. When things get bad, just cheer the guys on. Try to be a little bit, you know, try to be more patient when it comes to things like that um they know what they need to do our job support them let's not be neurotic as a fan base and bring that nervous energy into the bank also the bank has to be rocket i don't care what you have to do to get prepared saturday do not sell your tickets go to the game tailgate all night go to mother's go to pickles make that place like a 12-hour party beforehand i don't care how blitz you have to get to the stadium go there and make the texas life hell go there and make the texas life hell make it loud make it furious, get a little crazy, be responsible, don't be a jerk, but, like, don't make it easy for them. They have never been to an environment like Baltimore before. They don't know what it's like to be in a cold playoff game in Baltimore. We've only had, what, four or five of these in our, like, history? Like, make it hell for them, be loud, cheer the guys on, and try not to bring the nervous energy into it. Like, we can do this. This team is capable of doing this. And another thing I'm going to say, this team is totally different from 2019. Totally different. The mindset's different. The, the energy's different. The coordinators are different. Like literally, the only thing that's the same is that we have John Harpo as the head coach. Our name's Ravens. We play in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson's still amazing. Probably still on MVP trajectory. Other than that, the bare bones of everything that plagued us in the past are not here. Also, for the team, when you get punched in the mouth, because that's going to happen, respond well. Don't give up the ship just because you get punched in the mouth. We did that in 2019. Don't do that now. And I think we'll be okay. I know we'll get to the technical things of it, but that's just my like bare bones, like quick don't make this like don't make mistakes. Don't make mistakes, don't give them the game. Be loud, bring the energy and just trust this team that this team is different and that we can win this game. So just be just have some confidence. Obviously, don't be overconfident, but like have some faith that this organization, this team knows what they're doing and this team's built well. So don't say I'll kick it over you for the rest of it.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm super glad that you brought that up because that's actually one of my keys to victory. Um, the, this has we have to we as fans we as Baltimore have to make this a true home field advantage. Not a lot of people talk about what it's like going into the bank just in general, given a play, let alone a playoff game. Pat McAfee's one guy in the media who talks about it because he played here as a Colt in the playoffs, and he it was actually it was Ray's last home game, yep. and he talked about what that environment was like. Obviously, that's a pretty extraordinary situation, but, but the, the sentiment still stands. The crowd needs to make this a true home field advantage. The, 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 the best way to play a part in the game as a fan who's going to the game is to just be loud. Make the bank loud. Stand up all the time, not just on third downs or in key situations. Like stand up, be loud, be a part of the game. And frankly, if you're not about to do that, if you're not prepared to do that, stay home. Find, find somebody that you could sell your ticket to who will be a part of that because the bank is going to have to be loud. The bank's going to have to be rocking. The bank is going to have to be the 12th man. The bank is going to have to be a part of this game. And if it's not, it's, it's going to level the playing field. It's going to completely take away the home field advantage that the Ravens have worked for all year. So that's the best way as a fan. If you're going to the game, first of all, if you're on the fence about going to the game, take this as your sign to go to the goddamn game. There are tons of tickets that are very affordable you could find on apps like game time and seek geek and other things. I've had the intern been retweeting a bunch of uh, tweet threads where you can see tickets that are available for cheap. Um, I know Spencer, uh, Spencer Schultz Ravens for dummies. He's been putting a lot, a lot out as well. If you are thinking about going to the game or you're looking for a reason to go to the game, this is that reason. Find Find somebody to go with or go by yourself. If you just want to be rowdy, go to the game and be loud, be a part of the game. I'm yeah. pleading to you, Baltimore. If, if there's one thing that you ever listen from this mouth, let that be it. Go to the game and be loud.
1: Yeah, I see tickets as little as $118 on SeatGeek right now, which is the official site go. of the race. Um, and in Section 529, which is where my dad's season tickets were. Um, yeah, like go to the game. It's going to be so much fun. Um, go to the game. And it's going to be loud and it's going to be crazy. And yeah, we're going to have a great time Saturday.
0: Hell yeah. Um, okay. So let's look at the injuries on both teams. So we'll start with the Ravens. Um, the biggest concern really for me is Marlon Humphrey. Marlon has not practiced at all this week. Um, that's really concerning because we only have one practice left. If you're listening to this on Thursday, it's the last practice before the game. Cause obviously the game's on Saturday. Um, I would be surprised if they rolled him out on Saturday with having just one practice in Two weeks, really two and a half weeks. That being said, it's a playoff game and you don't know if you're going to have another one after this. So maybe Humphrey tries to push through it. Maybe it's a, okay, you're Marlon Humphrey, you know, the defense, you don't really need all that much ramp up. Let's just get you Saturday. But I'll just say I'm, I'm, I'm not super optimistic about Marlon playing based off of his lack of presence at practice. Uh, Tylen Wallace also has not practiced this week. Um, feels like he'll probably be in, inactive, and Devin Duvernay will take his responsibilities on special teams. Delshawn Phillips did not practice, uh, I believe, today as well as Tuesday. He's dealing with a shorter thing. Zay Flowers, good to go. Uh, he was limited on Tuesday. I believe he was a full on Wednesday, or maybe he was limited. Can't remember. Um, and Adafe Owe. Adafe has been limited all week, but. He said, he told reporters today during media availability after practice, he's going to be out there and he's good to go. Um, all of those are really good news. Obviously, you know, I'd love to have Tyler Wallace out there. I'd love to have Delshawn Phillips available. But the big one, Zay Flowers, at Owe, we're going to need those guys. The, like I said, the really big question mark is Marlon Humphrey. Um, yep. For the Texans, they have some injury, as, uh, injury news as well. Will Anderson, he was a limited participant in practice on Tuesday did not practice on Wednesday.
1: Mm.
0: Believe he's dealing with a knee or an ankle or something. Um, I, I personally think it's probably just a, Hey, we're going to, we're going to temper your reps here in practice because we're going to need you on Saturday. Yeah. I'm expecting him to be out there. I'm not, I'm not even remotely entertaining the thought that will Anderson's not going to be out there for the Texans, but something to monitor there. Uh, John Mechie was also a limited participant in practice. Denzel Perriman was a limited participant practices. Uh, Those guys are starters, so somewhat noteworthy there. Laramie Tunsil did not practice on Tuesday due to rest. He's going to play, I'm assuming. Um, Sheldon Rankins, he's another interesting one to take a look at. He didn't practice on Tuesday, also didn't practice on Wednesday. He's a starting uh, defensive tackle for them. If he can't go, I think that's a really big loss. Yeah. Uh, Last person that I saw popped up on the injury report today for the Texans, Jonathan Grenard. Jonathan Grenard is an edge rusher for them, starter. Um. also the vocal leader of that team. I saw him last week against the Browns doing their pregame speech. Um, so if he can't go, that'll be a big loss for that defense as well. Uh, for the Texans. Also, they placed Noah Brown on IR ending his season receiver played for the Cowboys last year Um, has not lit it up this season. I think he only had 33 catches for like, I don't know, maybe 500 something yards this year and a pair of touchdowns, I believe. But He's another weapon. Um, he takes some pressure off of Nico Collins on the other side, John Mechie in the slot normally. So the fact that he's not going to be out there, it's definitely a loss for them. He played last week and and got hurt against the Browns. Um, but other than that, those are the injury reports for these teams. Um, couple starters for the Texans. And then obviously Marlon, like I said, is the big one for us. Yeah. Um, all right, Josh, before I dive into the matchups for the units, do you have anything that you want to say before we go into it here?
1: Um, yeah, Will Anderson's a beast and, uh, I mean, if he, I mean, you know, I know it's good for the game if he plays, but if he doesn't, I'm not going to cry that he was really good at football.
0: <laughs> he's so yeah, he's very football. good at football. <laughs> he's very so, good. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: I think, I think what I'm going to say would kind of hit more so with your keys to victory rather than a match at the unit. Um, I do think that they something that I would look to exploit would be their secondary. Their secondary may not be mm-hmm. the best, and our receiving core is competent this year, which is more than I could say for other years. Um, and we do spread the ball very well. And I know their run defense is pretty good. However, our running backs are really good. And our best running threat is still our quarterback. So maybe some misdirection. If they get overaggressive, aggressive could be good well, we there. I do think we have to run this ball effectively well to do well in this game. Um, so I'm, I want Gus to get good touches. Gus needs to hold on to the ball. I know that this is me being neurotic. But last two games I saw him and he fumbled. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's a fair point. Ball, please uh, expect to see Dalvin Cook come up because I think uh, Melvin Gordon got cut, right? He did, and he's not resigned
0: to our practice squad. Just got he, straight up, got cut. Not as of right now, no.
1: Okay. Um. So yeah, I expect him and Dalvin Cook, and I'm um, sorry, Cook Hill, who I think will actually play an X factor in this game and have a great game against the Texans, like he did against Week One, did in Week One and Gus to get a good number of touches and contribute to this uh, game. And I also expect Lamar to run more than we see him run in a regular season.
0: So... Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. I definitely wouldn't be surprised if they try to... More design runs, maybe, like some options and, and jets and counters and stuff like that, where um, it feels like they didn't do a ton of that intentionally this year. Um, yeah. Definitely wouldn't be surprised if they try to get him involved. Because you're right, the the Texans do have a really good run defense. Um, so using eight is is a good way to neutralize that. Yep. Um. Okay. Now, let's get into the unit matchups. So, first off, I'm going to start with Houston's defense versus the Ravens, or excuse me, Houston's offense versus the Ravens defense. So, Houston's offense, they've ranked 22nd in the league in rush yards per game. They're averaging 97 yards on the ground per game. The Ravens defense, number 14 in the league in yards per, uh, excuse me, rush yards per game. They're averaging just under 110, 109.4 on the year. Houston is 29th in the league in yards per rush. They're averaging 3.7 a clip. The Ravens are 25th in the league in yards per rush, giving up 4.9 per, or excuse me, 4.5 per clip. Houston's pass offense, they rank number sixth in pass yards per game, averaging 247.4. And they are number three in yards per pass, averaging 7.9. The Ravens' defense against the pass, they are number sixth in pass yards per game, averaging 191.9. And they are first in the league in yards per pass, averaging 5.1 per clip. So I don't feel like this should take anybody by surprise. You and I, Josh, have been talking about the Ravens run stop uh, for what feels like the entire season, but definitely more so over the last few weeks. Um, Houston, I talked about Devin Singletary a little bit last week. Um, He can run the ball, um, but outside of him, they really don't have a huge run threat. They have Damian Pierce, although they haven't really used him as a running back much this year. They use him a lot on special teams, um, in pass sets and stuff like that. So by no means can you just disregard their run attack because, like I said last week, Devin Singletary will carry the ball 26, 27 times, and he'll get you on a couple. Um, but obviously the story of their offense is C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud is statistically a top-five quarterback in the league this year. I want to say he's like two or three in terms of like passing this year. Um, and he's thrown for a bunch of touchdowns, over 4,100 yards. He's had himself an incredible year. So that's definitely going to be the main focal point, I believe, uh, for Mike McDonald. Um, But anyway, let's go look at the other sides now. So let's look at the Ravens offense versus the Texans defense. The Ravens offense ranks first in the league in rush yards per game, averaging 156.5 on the ground per game. The Texans defense is number six in the league. In rush yards per game. Averaging 96.6 given up. The Ravens are number three in yards per rush. Averaging 4.9 per clip. The Texans are number three in... Ru- excuse me. Number two in yards per rush given up. Averaging three and a half per clip given up. The Ravens passing attack. Number 21 in the league in pass yards per game. To 13.8. And number four in yards per pass. 7.9 on average per pass. Houston's defense. 23rd in pass yards per game allowed averaging 234.1 given up and number 27 in the league in yards per attempt seven flat so josh you pretty much hit the nail on the head uh with your little tidbit before i started there um secondary can be exposed good run defense uh this is definitely going to be a ha- have to be a game where lamar is more involved he's efficient and like you said, regardless of whether it's in the run game or the pass game, we can't turn the ball over. Just flat out, can't give them extra opportunities. Yep. Um, okay. So with that being said, it's time for keys to victory. Um, my first key to victory is exactly what we just mentioned. You have to protect the ball. Cannot give away opportunities, you cannot give away possessions, you have to protect the football. And on the flip side, you have to create turnovers. You just ha- flat out have to win the turnover battle. Whoever yeah. wins a turnover battle, not just in this game, in the playoffs, flat out is going to put them in a much better spot to win and make a run at the Super Bowl. The Ravens, obviously, last week we played in a monsoon, so take it with a grain of salt. But, Josh, like you said, J- Gus Edwards has fumbled in each of the last two games. Melvin Gordon fumbled against the Steelers last, last week, and he's no longer on the team. So I don't I don't think there's any world where – either Gus or justice get cut like Melvin Gordon did. That being said, Harbaugh does not take kindly to turning the football over, especially from the running back position. And now with Dalvin cook, who's hungry to get opportunities, you can't be doing it. So you have to protect the football Um, Houston last week. They capitalized on their turnovers against the Browns. Obviously they had the two pick sixes, um, but that's, that's going to happen. These are good teams. We're in December or excuse me. We're in January. We're in the second round of the playoffs already every team, if you turn the ball over is going to make you pay more often than not. So you have to win the turnover battle. And, you know, going back to last week with Houston, after those turnovers, Cleveland just couldn't make up the distance, right? Like turnovers put them in a hole and they couldn't overcome it. So going back to, you know, no excuses, you can't stand in your own way. Turning the football over is a very preventable thing. As far as our offense goes, obviously their defense is good and they can make plays, but, you have to put yourselves in opportunities to not turn the football over. I can't stress that enough. Turnovers are going to decide this game if they happen. Second key to victory. This is a big one. As far as our defense goes against their offense, you have to keep the lid on their offense. You cannot let these guys pop for big plays. If you go back and look at the past couple of weeks, last week against Cleveland and then the week before against Indianapolis, they like to stretch the field and they like to do it early. In Cleveland, the first play from scrimmage that C.J. Stroud had, it was like an 80-yard touchdown to Nico Collins. Last week against Cleveland, obviously, you know, Cleveland had a bunch of secondary issues. There were a bunch of busted coverages. But Brevin Jordan has a 74-yard touchdown in the flat that he takes and doesn't get tackled. Dalton Schultz has a 40-yard touchdown that Stroud goes over top. Nico Collins had a bunch of really deep plays. They like to take shots, and they like to do it early and often. One thing I noticed with Cleveland last week is they played a lot of single high safety and cover three. Um, So that's not something that I've seen from us as much this year. Um, We tend to play a lot of cover two, cover four. We like to keep everything in front. That's something that we've done to this point really well. Um, We, we have to do that this week. You cannot let them get behind you and I'll take it one step further. Um, obviously it's a bit extreme here to make this comparison, but if I'm Mike McDonald, I'm treating Nico Collins like Justin Jefferson or Jamar chase. Like we mentioned Noah Brown being on IR. Um, They don't really have a ton of weapons outside of him. Yep. You have to take him out of the game. You can't let him beat you because if, if you let him get going and you let Stroud get into a a rhythm and you let Stroud find holes over the middle of the field, he gets, he gets into a flow. Um, He'll pick you apart. So, you have to take Nico Collins out of the game, but more importantly, you got to keep the lid on the, on the, on the offense. And also to kind of piggyback off of that, you got to get pressure. Yep. Um, The, the, the best way to uh, screw with an opposing quarterbacks rhythm and timing and confidence is to just put pressure in his face. CJ Stroud is exceptional. One of the best in the league, just in general at moving through his progressions. Um, yep. One thing that I noticed about him last week in particular is he makes snap decisions so fast. he he ping pongs off of his progression and his reads. And honestly, like i haven't I haven't seen somebody do it like that, especially as a rookie in a very long time. So you have to force him into into mistakes. If you get pressure and you put pressure in his face, Mike McDonald dial up some stunts, send some corner blitzes. Let Kyle Hamilton be a factor in the pass rush. Like get weird with it and force Stroud to make mistakes. Um, one thing that I think makes this even more important this week, uh, when you go back and look at that game against Cleveland, they like they really blanked Miles Garrett, like he was a non factor. And Miles Garrett mm-hmm. is probably going to win defensive player of the year this year. Yeah. Um, so, uh, shout out to Andy Kellum. He and I were actually talking about this a couple days ago. Like, move away inside, move Matabike outside, like, overload one side of the line, bring corner, like, you got to pull out all the stops here and you got to get to them. Um, Houston ranks 21st in the league in sacks given up per game. Uh, They're averaging 2.6 per game, but over the last three games, they're only averaging one sack. So they've played really well lately. We're good. We're just going to have to get to shroud case in point. Uh, My next key to victory for the offense, start hot and keep it rolling. Um, There was a stack going around. I saw today on good morning football. Lamar let me rephrase. A Lamar Jackson led offense in the playoffs has never scored in the first quarter. 0 points in the first quarter. That's not good. Nope. Um if it you 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 kind of touched on it a couple minutes ago. Um I I think the Ravens like it's it's an absolute non-negotiable. You have to score first. Yep. You have to get on the board first even if it's just three points, you know, if you get the ball first, a field goal cool. is good for me as cool. to, you got to put points on the board. Um, And kind of going back to what I said to start our Ravens talk, like you, you can't come out slow. You can't come out sluggish. You can't have the rest versus rust thing come up like it. You have to be ready to go. Um, I will say Lamar talking about the offense uh, to the media today, like, he seemed he seemed to feel pretty confident in the game plan and in the offense and what they can do this week, which I don't know how I feel about it. Um, but hearing him talk like that and kind of sound comfortable, I think is a good sign. I, or at least I hope it's a good sign. But anyway, offense has to start hot and they have to keep it rolling. Um, two two last two keys of victories here. Win the line of scrimmage and run the fucking football. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think this is going to be a, a game where eight has to get involved in the run game, but whether it's running the ball, whether it's throwing the ball, uh, our offensive line has to hear the bell. Once again, they they've played really well over the last couple of weeks. weeks, um, and they're going to have to play well again, whether Will Anderson plays or not. The Texans can get to the quarterback. They are really good on defense. D'Amico Ryans is the defensive head coach. He knows how to get to these guys. D'Amico Ryans is also really smart, and he's really good when it comes to game planning. So they they're just going to have to hold up they're going to have to play well they're going to have to protect eight and keep him upright because if if they don't we're flat out going to lose this game if lamar is running for his life and the o line's not holding it up we're going to lose last key to victory find the holes in the secondary and exploit them we talked about their secondary we talked about their pass defense over the last three games uh versus the past the, the texans are averaging 210.3 per game uh flacco in week 16 threw for 368 yards and three touchdowns also had two picks to go with that. But that just goes to show you that the Texans secondary is capable of being exploited. Going back to my last key to victory. If Lamar stays upright and you give him time in the pocket, we've seen what he can do against really good defenses going back to Detroit, going back to Jacksonville, going back to San Francisco and Seattle and Miami. Like if you give him time in the pocket, he will find the open guy just a matter of giving him that time. If we can keep him upright, we can supplement the pass game with a run game and play complete complimentary 60 minutes of football. I think we're going to be all right. So those are my keys to victory. Uh, on top of that. Also, like I said, at the beginning crowd needs to be a part of it. Baltimore needs to make this game a party. The bank needs to be rocking Jacoby Jones. There's a rumor going around that Jacoby Jones will be the legend of the game this, this week. Good. Um, Love it. I, I love it. I love it, especially because he was a Texan and kind of got run out of Houston before yep. he came here and won a Super Bowl with us. So, they played an
1: instrumental like part, in part in that game versus Texans. Absolutely. And
0: yep. like I said at the very top here, this is only the third game we've hosted in the playoffs in the last 10 years. Do not take this shit for granted. If you're going to go, be ready. It's going to be an all out war from the start to finish. If you're thinking about going, this is your sign to go. And if you're there, make it a party, get some drinks in you early, get ready to go, be responsible and don't be a jerk. Like Josh said. Um, but make, make sure the bank is rocking because it's definitely going to be needed in this one.
1: Yeah. I don't need to see anyone, you know, threatening to get set on fire this time. Like I did the one time, but you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, Sue go be rowdy, be loud, be crazy. Uh, like, I don't know. We got to defeat the Stroud boys, right? Got to beat
0: the Stroud boys. This is basically their
1: January 6th. I know this is like, it's going to be January 20th. So real. but real. It's basically their January 6th. They're going to try to come into our house to take over it. You got to not let that happen, just like you wouldn't let people storm the Capitol.
0: So, with that being said. Uh, Hopefully, our defense is a little bit better than our government's. Listen, if Marcus Williams can <laughs> just get back,
1: I actually do think that Marcus, I'm not, this is not a shot at Marcus Williams at all, by the way. I, I think Marcus Williams needs to have a big game this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, because you were brought in to be the guy to make sure nothing gets over top and you pick balls off. We're going to eat both those things on uh, uh, Saturday morning, or night, whatever, I don't know, whatever time it is. Um, my – we kind of back off you. My case to victory is just make a tackle. Make C.J. Stroud look like a rookie because he has not all-year. Make him look like a rookie. You can pressure him. Get hands in his, get hands in his face. Like get knocked down balls. Make him look uncomfortable as possible and um, don't make your tackles and don't get beat beat deep play back pin your ears back make a tackle and you should be good um we'll see how that goes but you defense has to make tackles and they have to get back and he can't have busted coverages or lapses in the um in coverage i like and kyle hamilton's gonna be there so i'm i, I feel 100 percent better than i would with the sure. there so just don't get you over top play coverage well and you'll you should be good to go offense don't make mistakes, like, just limit the mistakes and execute. Because I think this game plan our team is better than they are. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. I'm excited for this game.
0: I'm nervous as all well, get out, but I'm excited for it. Me too, uh, man. Um, so I feel like yeah, i said honest-
1: everything you said.
0: Yeah, I- I'm with you. Honestly, when it comes to the defense and as far as, like, the game plan goes, I really wouldn't hate it if we saw a lot of Kyle Hamilton in the slot playing down closer to the box and we let Geno and Marcus Williams be the two safeties over top because with Humphrey out, I think that's only going to put more of a premium on good coverage and we've seen Kyle Hamilton yeah. can do that. I, he's not on the injury report, but you got to imagine he's pretty banged up with those knee tweaks. So Right. I wouldn't I wouldn't put him out there in coverage a 100% of the time, but I really wouldn't hate the thought of using him, you know, 60-70% outside or in the slot versus having him play like a true safety position. Um, Gino has showed you that he's more than capable of doing that this year. And Marcus Williams has had glimpses at least of being the Marcus Williams that we know. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. You're gonna have to keep everything in front, keep the lid on, like I said. Um, and honestly, like I, if I'm Mike McDonald, I'm preparing for Nico Collins, like I'm preparing for Jamar Chase. If you if you don't let him get going, that's going to hurt their offense and not let them get into a rhythm, which they've done in every game over the last four or five weeks and it's part of the reason that they're rolling nico nico collins had six catches for like i think 110 yards or something last week like the dude is really good he had he had 200 against the colts in week 18 in the game that ended up being for the end of or afc south so if you take him away if you take him out of the game completely he's gonna get his obviously he's a really good receiver he's really good after the catch he's got incredible ball skills and great hands so you can only you, you know you can't completely take him out of the game that being said, anytime he's lined up on Brandon Stevens, Brandon Stevens is going to have to win that matchup. Anytime he tries to run a deep route, Marcus Williams or Geno Stone or Kyle Hamilton is going to have to keep it in front of him. Like can't let him get going. You can't let Stroud have confidence and, and get into a groove in the pocket because he'll pick you apart. If not, if this, this one feels like an instance where the Ravens are going to be okay with giving up more rushing yards than they would like, maybe, um, if it comes at the expense of limiting their pass attack, which, you know, if Devin Singletary has 20 carries for 80 yards and it's a touchdown, but, you know, C.J. Stroud only throws for, you know, 220 and Nico Collins gets held to 40 or 50 and we ended up winning the game, that's all that matters.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. You're definitely right. We need to win this game, though. We we need to win this game.
0: Have to win this game. If If we don't win, y'all are going to find me in a really bad spot. I'll just say that.
1: I'll jump into Harbor and stay there forever. I'll match. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, we got, uh, we do got to go college. So to kind of piggybacking off your point and, but we just really got to make CJ Charlotte look uncomfortable. I know I keep going to that, but yes. he hasn't really had a game where he's looked bad, but the Texas no. office had it really had a complete game where they look amazing. I mean, the Browns was great, but they easily could have lost that game to the Colts in week 17. And, yeah. yeah, man. I don't. They. I know this isn't the same Texas team we've seen in week one, but this isn't the same Ravens team we've seen either. And Absolutely. I trust our coordinators a lot, and I trust their system a lot, and I trust Harbaugh. I love D'Amico Ryan. I think Harbaugh's Harbaugh. Like, not to call it John Harbaugh at all, but if you if you are a Hall of Fame coach, like I think you are, you have to win this game. You can. Win the game. So, I don't know. I can't really like add anything else to it. I feel like anything else I say I'll just be repeating myself, and I'll be even more neurotic than I am now. So, is there
0: anything else you wanted to bring up, real quick? No, man. I, I'm just get me to Saturday. That's all I gotta Dude, say. Get me to Saturday. I
1: I do expect the big games from our offense, though, especially our receivers. I think this is a game where Bateman really breaks out. I'd like I would like they in the so. situation. And Obj and Nelson are gonna play. I I think you'll see clean plays from Aubrey Bond in our offense. And who knows? Maybe hyperbolic chamber and Mark Andrews is good for him. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, man.
0: Look regardless of of who makes the plays, somebody's going to have to make them. I think, you know, it, it's very clear that Lamar's been locked in, that this has been a very one-track mind thing from him really since he got drafted, but ultimately over the last couple of weeks and, and this year as a whole. Um, it feels like the team around him has bought into that mentality as well. Now it's time for them to show it. Now it's time, Absolutely. you know, it's time for them to back up the talk. You know, if Lamar if Lamar wants to say he's locked in, show it. If if Harbaugh wants to say that, you know, he's behind his guys and, you know, this is the team that they can go and make a run. Show it on Saturday, have the game plan ready to go, have the boys ready to go from the opening kickoff. You know, when as soon as that national anthem finishes and the boys are lacing up their helmets and, and, and going out onto the field, it needs to be on. So absolutely. I, 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 I know Roquan is going to be Roquan about it. He was apparently last week when they had their stadium practice on Saturday uh apparently he was he was still telling the security guard to lock the gates and they were like hey man this is a practice like you can calm down no. i love that out of roquan he's no. an actual insane in no. person and i love it. it that's the energy that he needs to bring on saturday he needs to get the boys right as soon as they get there on saturday ready to go
1: listen lots of gates in baltimore no one gets out alive straight yeah. up no yeah. one gets out that, alive
0: that's the motto lock the fucking gates there we go all right y'all um i think we can put a bow on this one episode 88 in the books um not gonna say much more about it if you're going to the game make your make your voice heard make your presence known um if you're not going to the game lock in from your couch or the bar or wherever you're watching but regardless everybody lock in this weekend we're gonna need everyone
1: hey enjoy it's playoff football this is what we wait all year for let's yes let's i know we said this probably a hundred times uh but let's lock in and uh we're gonna be ready to go for saturday
0: Definitely enjoy it. Do not take this game for granted. Like we've said, you know, this is only the third one that we've hosted in the last 10 years. We're not promised any more after this one. So enjoy it. Don't take it for granted. And like I said, if you're there, make sure your voice is heard. Uh Josh, all right, man. I think we finally put a bow on this one. Um yep. enjoy the game this weekend. I know you said you got out of work to watch the game. Happy I for do. you. Also, I know Saturday is your birthday, so happy early birthday! I hope we bring a win for you, so that way you can enjoy it even more. Um, but, brother, until next week, I hope uh, I hope this time next week we're talking about a, a Ravens win, and we're a little bit more happy than we we could potentially be. Hopefully, let's see what happens. <laughs> all right, y'all. Peace. Appreciate it. All right, all right, all right. Last order of business. I'm going to make try and make this pretty quick. Uh, best bets divisional round uh let's not beat around the bush let's just get right into it um this one was uh this slate was not the easiest for me to pick i don't love a lot of the numbers that are out there um i'm obviously not a huge fan of betting totals uh, unless i really have a inclining one way or the other so a lot of props for me this week um i'm not touching the ravens game um if i were to take a side i would take the texans plus the nine and a half i also like maybe texans first quarter probably I haven't checked, but they're probably getting like two and a half points, maybe Texans first half plus four and a half. Um, But that's it. If I were to give a pick an official pick, I would take Texans plus nine and a half, but I'm going to I'm staying away. Uh, Packers at 49ers. Let's take a look at this one first. Um, Like I said, this to me is a big prop weekend. I'm going to take Jaden Reed over three and a half receptions. Uh, Jaden Reed's been their top guy for most of the season. And he only had one catch last week against Dallas. They tried to get him involved. They were targeting him a little bit. Jordan Love was trying to get the ball to him, and they just couldn't connect. So I'm going to take Jaden Reed over the three and a half catches. I also like his over on yards. I think it's sitting somewhere around 41 and a half right now. Um, So if that's something that you want to take a look at, that's what I like there. Um, also, I don't know if I'm going to officially take this, uh, but under 50 and a half in this game just feels like a lot of points. Um, San Francisco's defense is a lot better than Dallas's. I wouldn't be surprised kind of like Josh alluded to if green Bay keeps this one close. Um, However, 50 and a half just feels like a lot. And I feel like green Bay is going to have to have another offensive explosion like they did last week to keep up San Francisco is obviously capable of it. So the over is certainly not out of the question here. However, I'm just playing the number just 50 and a half high number, high total. Um, San Francisco coming off a bye, obviously, so they're rested up. I, it just feels like it's too many points. Second game, or excuse me, third game of the weekend, Lions versus Bucks. Um, I like Amon Ra, St. Brown, to score a touchdown here. He's even money. Um, Bucks defense ranks 29th in opponent passing yards per game. Um, he hasn't gotten into the end zone, it feels like, in a few weeks now. Um, actually, as I say that, he might have scored last week. I can't remember. But he's clearly their number one target um jared Goff loves finding him in the open field i like him to i don't know maybe get loose and find the end zone here especially at at even money feels great um i also like jared Goff over 270 and a half passing yards here like i just said the bucks defense is not all that great against the pass um like i mentioned with the eagles last week they they just sent the house and the eagles had no answer I have to imagine Ben Johnson is going to be more prepared than that. I have to imagine that he's going to be ready for the blitz and Goff's going to be able to get it out quick. Goff looked phenomenal last week. Wouldn't surprise me if he has another really good game. Now, if they can get to him, we all we've all seen what Jared Goff scared looks like. Um, so definitely keep your eye out for that on the first couple possessions. But as it stands right now, I like Jared Goff over 270 and a half. Bills Chiefs. This is where we're gonna take our haymakers. Um, I like the over 45 and a half here every instinct and every bone in my body told me to go under um but I, how can you bet the under in this game Josh Allen Pat Mahomes it, it feels like Rocky versus Apollo Creed in Rocky 2 this is just going to be an all-out heavyweight fight title fight like this both of these teams know each other they've played each other in the playoffs before they played each other this year and the bills won like this is both quarterbacks are going to want to put on a show here and I I like points and I'm going to want to root for points. So that's where I'm going with this one. Um, I like two touchdown scores in this one as well. First one is Josh Allen. Um, It's basic. I know it's not all that sexy, um, but the value is good. He's at minus 115 currently Um, in most recent games. He's been as short as, you know, minus 150, minus 160. I think this is really good value. There's only been three games this season, including the playoffs where he hasn't scored a touchdown. So, the fact that we can get it at minus 115, I love that. Um, also, a flyer as far as touchdown scorers go, I like Dalton Kincaid at plus 270. Uh, he got into the end zone last week. Um, and I'm just kind of assuming that Legereus Sneed is going to play Diggs most of the day. I don't know if Sneed travels with receivers or if he plays a side. Either way, um, Diggs has not scored in what feels like forever. So, if you want to play that, you know, Diggs anytime touchdown score because. He's due. I That's a move that I do a lot and probably will take in this one as well. Um, but for the value, Dalton Kincaid at plus 270, I love that. I'm, prob- I'm going to be all over that as well. Um, I will have more. I'll make sure they get out on Saturday this week. Um, but if you're betting, best of luck to you. Um, if you have anything that you want to share, tweet it at me. Tweet it at the intern, and I'll be sure to repost it on my end or I'll have the intern repost it on the pod. Um, but until next week, y'all, if you're betting, like I said, happy betting. Best of luck. Be responsible. And if you're a Ravens fan and you're listening, go Ravens, baby. Until next week, y'all. Cheers. I'm on top of the world when I
1: call you my girl, my heart's racing
0: I can't lie Tell me, do you? I can.